Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Life Over Coffee. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm thankful that you are here. This is episode 376. The title of the episode is Response to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, episode number 13. If you want to read the show notes to this episode, please go to episode 376. I have a lot of information here. I have embedded links and the outline form of what I'm about to share with you as I review this ongoing series from Christianity Today. And so please take advantage of these show notes. I have all the links to all of the reviews that I've done prior to this. And so you you have links here to all 13 reviews. And so that's 13 podcasts and 13 videos that you can listen to and watch as well as read those show notes too. If you have any questions about this review that I'm doing with Christianity Today, uh, please jump on our community forums and I would love to engage you. Our team would love to engage you. Or maybe you have something else that's on your mind, a question that is important to you, then I would just encourage you to take advantage of our community forums. They are there for you. Our ministry is underwritten by folks that love what we do. They have benefited from it, and they want to support us financially. And that is the secret sauce of why we can give our resources away. And so I want you to take advantage of the generosity of those who underwrite our ministry. And that's why we're more than a monologue ministry. This is a monologue that I'm doing right now. But we're also a dialogue ministry, and we have the ability to do that because of our donor community. And I thank God for each and every one of them, those who support at $5 a month and those who give more. I am thankful for all of them for their care and for their partnership with us in the gospel as we share the practical message of Christ globally. And so please come to our community forums. They're free to you, and you're welcome to ask any question that you like pertaining to life and godliness, and if it is important to you, then it's most definitely important to us, and we want to serve you. All right, let me drill down into this episode 376, response to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, episode 13, and it's important for me to make a distinction here. This particular episode from Christianity Today is is number 10. This is their number 10. And why do I have 13 reviews? Because they've done bonus episodes. And I have reviewed all of their episodes. And that's why I have 13 reviews, even though they're calling this particular episode that they just put out number 10. And they've titled it The Tempest. And in this episode, The Tempest, Mike Hosper retells the final two-year two year of events uh, that led to Mark Driscoll's resignation. And so the time frame of this episode from Christianity Today is about 2012 to 2014. And it gets right up to the point to where Mark Driscoll resigns and then the episode stops. And so I will assume that uh, their final two episodes in this series, number 11 and 12, they will finish the story. And so I would assume that they will pick up in the next episode where uh, Mark Driscoll resigned and then they will continue on and then they will be a 12th episode. 
And so that's why I have 13 reviews, but this is episode number 10 for them, The Tempest. And of course, uh, I want you to listen to the bonus reviews that I've done as well. And again, you can get all 13 of my reviews here in these show notes, episode 376. All right, so episode number 10, The Tempest, is two hours and 30 minutes. This is a long, long episode. And so just be prepared as you listen to it. It is a marathon retelling of the final two years of Mars Hill Church. What Mike Cosper does is that he interviews many of the participants who were there at that time, and they share their versions of the story that that led to the end. This episode, The Tempest, describes it describes what happened like a documentary. And so if you are interested in the various storylines of the individuals involved, as they talk about their perspective on Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll, what was going on at that time, uh, what was happening with them, you will learn historical facts that led to the demise of this church. It's kind of like watching a sad movie. It's not an American movie. An American movie always has a good ending, uh, but this does not have a good ending. And so as you listen to it for two and a half hours, and like all the other episodes as well, we already know the ending, and so we know where this is leading to. And so the whole thing is sad. And I'm not saying that's bad necessarily. I'm just saying that it's sad. And so as you listen to this two-and-a-half-hour episode, The Tempest, uh, it is like watching a sad movie. It's also important to understand that there is no new information in this episode about why Mars Hill failed. See, remember, the title of this series from Christianity Today is The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And you do not need 13 episodes to explain that. And so in this two-and-a-half-hour episode, there are no new facts about why Mars Hill shot up like a, a rocket and why it fell just as fast and just as hard. It's the same nail that Christianity Today has been hammering over and over and over again ad infinitum. I can sum up why there is the rise and fall of Mars Hill in a sentence. Here it is. Mark Driscoll is selfishly ambitious. Christianity Today has said that or some version of that a hundred times. I mean, in the very first episode and the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and on and on. Mark Driscoll is selfishly ambitious. He has no real accountability Christianity Today has said that a hundred times. He's also a narcissist. He's deeply insecure, a fear-centered person. He's toxic, and anyone who gets close to him falls apart. There it is. That is why it rose. That is why it fell. Mark Driscoll is selfishly ambitious, has no real accountability, is a narcissist who is deeply insecure, toxic, and anyone who gets close to him falls apart. That's why I say that there is no new information in this episode about why Mars Hill failed. It is informational. There are historical facts that you will learn, things that happened between 2012 and 2014. But that also comes with a caution, and it's why I posted a video earlier on in this series explaining why I do not recommend this series for some people. 
I caveat this series with a strong caution, and there have been people that have watched this video about why I don't recommend Mars, uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And as you might imagine, there are two general camps that have responded to the video. Those who agree with my perspective or part of my perspective, and they have turned it off, and they, they have moved on with their life because they get it. They understand. Mars Hill, I mean, Mark Driscoll is a selfishly ambitious person, has no real accountability, is a narcissist who is deeply insecure, fear-centered, toxic, and anyone who gets close to him falls apart. I get it. I see it in, I see it in episode one, two, three, four. I'm done. And by the time I got to episode number four, I think that's when I actually I did this eight-minute video on why I don't recommend it. I got it, and it seemed like all the other episodes were going to be just another iteration of the same old stuff, and sure enough, every one of them, including this two-and-a-half-hour marathon, have all been exactly the same, even though there are new facts, and so it's a different story, but it's the same old dance. And then there have been others who have disagreed with my perspective, and they say that it's beneficial to watch. And so you can watch this eight-minute video on why I don't recommend it. You can go to these show notes here, episode 376, or you can go on my YouTube channel and you can watch it there. And if you go there, you can read the comments as well. And I think that you would find them instructive. I found them instructive, especially those who disagreed. I mean, those who agree with my perspective or part of my perspective, I appreciate that. And, you know, I want you to agree. I want to persuade you. But the ones that I really found instructive are those who disagreed. And I, I read those. I'm not convinced. And, and I could comment a lot on, on what they have said, but I'm not going to uh, do that. But I appreciate them writing their disagreement, and most of them, and for the most part, they have been kind, not harsh, and, and they share their perspective, and I appreciate them uh, doing that. And so you too can read what they have uh, written, and, and I trust that you would find it instructive and helpful as well. And of course, if you want to comment on the YouTube channel, uh, you can do that. But if you want to talk into detail uh, about this series that I'm doing, please come to the forum. There was someone that commented on the YouTube channel, and they were mapping their experience. This is interesting. They were mapping their experience with Mark Driscoll uh, over the reason that I don't comment on YouTube, and they were saying that I'm just like Mark Driscoll, that I want to hide and, and have private conversations with people. And that's not true. It's not true at all. And they don't understand. They weren't asking any questions about why uh, we have uh, uh, forums on our website or why we have this philosophy of interacting with people. When people make statements and they don't ask questions and they make statements out of ignorance, uh, that's unfortunate, but it happens often. I don't mind interacting with anybody, but the reason I don't interact on social media platforms is because we have so many of them and people just don't understand uh, time, my time management and how stretched I am already. And I can't run around on social media platforms and interact with people because it would shut our ministry down. There's just too much of that going on. And so we don't turn anybody away. We will interact with anyone, but we have one place and 
one place only where we do it. But you're welcome to comment on YouTube. But if you want to talk about this series, then I do urge you, if it's that important to you, you can come to our community, and it'll be a civil community. Uh, it'll be a civil interaction that you'll have with me and anybody on our team, and you're welcome uh, to do that. The question that that is asked, you know, I say I don't recommend the series, and I don't, or at least I have strong cautions about watching it, and so it does beg the question, is there any benefit about a historical narrative? There is a historical narrative here about the rise and fall of Mars Hill, and let me state this clearly, it has some benefits for the body of Christ. I am saying that Christianity Today could have told the story in two episodes or less, but I, I do want you to hear this clearly. There is benefit in telling this story. Our entire ministry is built on talking about uh, bad things that happen to people or bad things that people do. It's part of what counseling is all about. In Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, it says, put off your former manner of life, renew the spirit of your mind, put on a new person that looks like Christ. Well, in order to put off your former manner of life, you have to identify it, you have to talk about it. So I am not for burying information whatsoever. I'm not into that. There is benefit in talking about the bad things that happen to us or the bad things that we do, and so there is benefit for the body of Christ. In fact, I have done a couple of episodes about the International Association of Biblical Counselors, IABC, who have, in my view, buried what happened to them in the implosion of that ministry a few years ago, and even to this day refused to talk about it and having an objective, transparent conversation about a very public ministry, and I've been outspoken about that. So I'm not into burying anything. There is benefit. In fact, you have to talk about what's wrong with you. Uh, you have to talk about what went wrong in order to put it off, to renew your mind, and to put on a new person. But again, Christianity Today could have told this story in two episodes or less. One of the primary problems with this series is that it is a descriptive trash novel that does not help the abused work through what happened to them. And so from my angle, I am looking at this far beyond than just a descriptive narrative, a telling of a of a story, because I see the abused, and I wonder, uh, I wonder about abused people, and I want to help them, and I want them to get the help that they need, and I don't want people to think that this series is going to help an abused person, because ultimately it won't, because that's not what it's about, but I keep hearing that, that there's so much benefit from this uh, from abused people. And that's why I say one of the primary problems with the series, and this is what I want to talk about in my review here, is that it is a descriptive trash novel that does not help the abused work through what happened to them. And so I want to talk about two parts of what I just said, a descriptive trash novel, and it doesn't help abused people to work through what happened to them. Now, the operative word with a descriptive trash novel is the word descriptive. In counseling, we call it descriptive psychology. A simplistic definition of descriptive psychology is describing the problem. 
all you're doing is talking about what happened. Descriptive psychology, it describes the problem. There's a very simple and basic understanding of what descriptive psychology is, but it does not provide practical step-by-step applicable solutions. A couple of years ago, I read a biblical counseling book on domestic violence. It was the worst biblical counseling book I've ever read in my life, period, bar none. And since then, I, 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 I don't hang out with biblical counselors. I don't have hardly any interaction with them, and so I'm not really in the biblical counseling world the way most biblical counselors are. I'm probably I'm a third rail kind of guy, and so I begin to talk to other uh, to pastors and and biblical counselors about the book, and I've noticed that a lot of people were having problems with this book, and one of the biggest problems with the book is that it is a descriptive psychology. It describes the problem, but it doesn't provide help. And people talk about how what how awesome this book is, but it's not a helpful book because it doesn't do what biblical counseling should be doing, which is not just describing the problem, but providing step-by-step applicable solutions. Mike Cosper is giving a play-by-play of what happened at Mars Hill, but it begs the question, is there any merit in storytelling? Is there any merit in descriptive psychology? Well, yeah, of course, I've already said. Uh, There is a historical narrative here that has some benefit for the body of Christ. There is an unarguable need for a competent individual to listen and understand a victim. Understanding a hurt person is absolutely crucial if you're going to help them. Victims need someone to listen to their stories. You cannot help someone well if you do not listen well. Last night, I just completed another uh, webinar. It's live. It's on our web uh, website now. If you go to the webinar page where our videos are and look for the webinar, uh, the skill of asking insightful questions. You can watch a one-hour webinar that talks about how to explore the psyche, how to explore the soul, which is what the word psyche means. It would be a hugely beneficial webinar for anyone who wants to learn how to enter into someone's story, uh, to understand an individual, like, say, a victim of abuse. And so it is unarguable uh, that we need competent individuals who know how to listen, who know how to ask the right questions so that they can understand the person, the story that, is, that has happened to the individual. Understanding the hurt person is absolutely crucial if you're going to help them. Every victim, every hurting person, every person who is struggling needs someone to listen to their stories because you cannot help them if you do not listen well. And so there is merit in storytelling, but this is the problem with just descriptive narrative or what I've been calling descriptive psychology. Because it's a descriptive retelling, the narrative is informational, but not so much transformational for the victims.
Does it help victims of abuse? Well, if understanding their story is all that they need, but understanding their story is just a halfway point. That's why this biblical counseling book on domestic violence is so awful, because it doesn't ultimately offer help. And my concern is that people watching this uh, series, especially victims, thinking, yes, well, you could say yes up to the point that there is a story being told, but does it really help victims of abuse if understanding their story is all they need? But I am saying that that is not all they need. It's essential. It's vital. It's non-negotiable. It's unarguable. But in soul care, victims need more than someone retelling the events of their abuse. It's myopic to think that this series helps victims, and that's something that I have heard over and over again. Yes, I'm glad the story is out there up to a point. But I'm concerned that some folks who are not familiar with how working through abuse happens are not discerning a vital missing aspect of what these victims need. The reason I'm saying these things is because some folks have argued that this series helps folks understand abuse and authoritarianism in the church, and I'm trying not to be too redundant, and to a degree, it does. But it's like watching a war movie. You learn about war, generally speaking, but not your war, specifically speaking. And that's the problem. And I want to encourage folks that if you really want to help a victim of anything, a person that someone is sinning against, that you go farther than just understanding them and listening to them. And if you want to learn how to do that, please, this is what our ministry is about. In fact, we have a, a three-year training course. It's self-paced. You could do it quicker than that. You can do it longer than that. Uh, but on average, we have a three-year training course where you can go through. It's called our Mastermind Program where we train people how to do discipleship, biblical counseling, not just listening to stories, but getting into the nuance of a specific story and customizing care in such a way that it helps people transform. If someone is abusing you, or if you're in an authoritarian culture, this story from Christianity Today is not good resource material. You need more specificity than a historical narrative from Seattle, Washington. I'm sure the victims of Mars Hill feel some vindication because they have the ability to tell their story. We all feel a sense of relief when we have someone that we can talk to, someone where we can share our story. I get that, and, and that is important. But I even have a similar concern for those who are telling their story to Christianity today. Who is coming alongside them to do the specific triage to help them in a customizable way? I have also heard that some of those have not received that help, that they have actually walked away from Christianity altogether because they haven't received the help, because helping people, you need a lot more than this. You need specificity. This story from Christianity Today is informational, but it's not transformational. And that's my point.
ironically, it's not even transformational for the most guilty of them all, Mark Driscoll. In the case of Mark Driscoll, it has resolved little. In fact, I don't even know if it's resolved anything. He continues to do in Arizona what he was doing in Washington. I do hope the victims of Mark Driscoll are receiving help that is unique to him. But, and also, I trust that if abuse is happening to you, that people are coming alongside you to help you to work through it. This series does not provide the unique insight you need other than letting you know it happens and how it happened at Mars Hill in Seattle, Washington. Your story is different, and you need unique care. The title of this podcast episode, episode 376, response to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, episode number 13. I want to wrap up by asking you a few questions. And if you are in an, or you think you're in an authoritarian culture, if you're being abused or think you're being abused, and the reason I say think you're being abused because there's a gaslighting aspect to abuse. There's a gaslighting aspect to an authoritarian culture. I have been not only abused, but also have been in authoritarian church cultures. And I know that when you get in those cultures or you're under the thumb of certain individuals, you can be gaslit uh, in such a way. And what I mean by that is that you can be convinced that what you believe is happening to you is not happening to you because they manipulate you in such a way that you're not even sure which way is up. And that's why I say if you're in an abusive or authoritarian culture or think you are, for those of you that might be being gaslit, that I would encourage you not just listen to this episode as you have, but also that you work with my call to action questions at the bottom of the show notes here in episode 376. Let me share them with you. And if you could get together with a competent friend, competent in the Bible, and has the courage and compassion to really speak to you in a helpful and transformative way, uh, I would encourage you to take these questions and just talk through them with that friend, and I think it will help you to continue to work out your salvation, as Paul said in Philippians 2, uh, to do that hard work to help you to work through whatever's going on in your life. Question number one, what is descriptive psychology? Uh, could could you, would you just write out, like on a piece of paper, or type, type out on your uh, computer or laptop, what is descriptive psychology? And then the follow-up question is, why is describing a problem not enough if you want to help a victim? Important question. And so think through that. What is descriptive psychology, and why is describing a problem not enough if you want to help a victim? Number two what is the downside of someone understanding you but not moving you past what happened to you competently? And so it kind of ties in the first question. Uh, you want to make sure that when you're getting help that the person can go well beyond just understanding you. I know we want good listeners, and we want good storytellers. We want people who can tell our story. And Mike Cosper is telling a story 
but there's just something about this that that's off and and I'm hearing this from the victims of, of abuse or for those who uh, quite honestly they're ignorant about helping people of abuse and and they're seeing this as as, as the uh, series that everybody needs to listen to because it will help uh, it it won't. I do not recommend this as source material. And so the question is, what is the downside of someone understanding you but not moving you past what happened to you competently? And then question number three, the word victim means vicarious. The etymology of the word victim means vicarious, a person who carries sin, whether theirs or what others did to them. To be a victim is a vicarious sufferer. Jesus Christ was a vicarious sufferer. He is the only one who is capable to take our sin or the sin that people place on us. He is the only one that we can cast our cares on, that we can cast our sins on. He is the only right answer as far as a vicarious sufferer. The word victim means vicarious, a person who carries sin, whether theirs or what others did to them. Here's the question. What are the dangers and repercussions of being a victim too long? When someone does, when someone sins against you, they hurt you, whether it's an authoritarian pastor like Mark Driscoll or some other what we call an abusive situation where you are sinned against and you are a victim too long, meaning you do not know how to cast that on the Lord or you don't have anyone helping you cast that on the Lord. What are the dangers and repercussions of being a victim too long? Final question, what is the solution to rid yourself of victimization? This is episode 376, Response to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, episode 13. If you got questions, please come ask. It would be a joy to serve you. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.